You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is Gaonic Literature, Recovering Lost Gems. Um, one of the things that where the Gaonim seem to loom incredibly large is in an area that I believe is one of the great mysteries of halacha. When I say mysteries, I say mysteries because it's only through um, what we have from Kabbalah that we know how to practice this these myth, this mitzvah. You can say that about a lot of mitzvahs, but I'm, I'm speaking specifically about tefillin. You know, again, the term for tefillin in the Torah, totafos, right? Right. So we know that that even the term can sometimes, as Eben Ezra points out, be considered figurative. But they, and, but we know totafos means something. Even the the translation that I don't know, maybe it was from Wyndham's Bible. I'm not sure where phylacteries come from. I have no idea where that that word developed from. And there's others who could look it up and find out. But I think it's it's almost like you know you need Kabbalah for tefillin. And unlike other areas, let's say in Choshen Mishpat and other areas where there could be a debate, there could be perhaps um, uh, multiple readings of sources, it seems that when it comes to tefillin, even those that are the rationalist fighters will bow to the Gaonim. Meaning, if the Gaonim say this is the way the Tefillin should look, if this is what the, it's in the Gaonim this way, then that somehow means that it ends the discussion. It's almost like Tefillin is about something so close to Harsinai that we need to go back to people who are closer to Harsinai. So where otherwise other Rishonim, as we've talked about since this um, lecture series began. We spoke about the fact that there were Rishonim who dealt with the Gonim in sort of almost a dismissive fashion. The Rambam, for example. Here they don't. Here, oh, look, the Gonim say that's the way Tefillin should look. The Gonim say this is the way the Parshia should be. This is the way they should be worn. Okay, okay. The Gonim say it. And therefore, especially a work that's come down to us only in a small piece called Shimusha Rava. And I want to talk about the significance of Tfil and Shimusha Rava if I can tonight. But I want to, is also, it comes to us from the Gaonim. We're not sure what period, how early it is. It seems to be close. Rav Simchasab says the language indicates that it's very close to the end of Shas because it's written almost like they have a tradition of statements that aren't found in Arshas. And we're going to talk about that as well. So it's an early piece, a piece that really typifies, in a way, the glory of what Gaonic literature is, which is we were the ones that were there when the yeshivas were still functioning, when Sura and Pumpadisa and these yeshivas that we know Talmud Bavli comes from, we are the uh, extenders and we can show you language that appends and in a way connects back to there. there when they give us these uh, Gaonic 
statements about tefillin, they are somehow, they aren't rejected, but they are seen as authoritative. Various minhagim of how tefillin should be worn. So here, if you take a look, it says, Haminag hanachon, the proper minag, Shehayud shel kesher tefillah, that's the tefillin, what we call the shalyad, the yud, which is tied into a, um, a, 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 a bow, as it would be, or a, a knot, right, of, of, right, that, that yud is what? Litzad halev. In other words, the idea, we know that the shin is, of course, um, on the person's head, we know that the back of the head, the back of the head is you have a dalid, and then on the person's arm is a yud. So a person walks around as shakai, right? When a person walks around the tefillin, it's almost like lahavdu elof havdolos, right? You know, like you know, uh, you know uh, like Aquaman, right? From the DC comics, had an A on his on his belt. Oh, A. Woman, right? So we walk around in our tefillin with Shakai. You can see it. Look, it's Shakai man. Look, he's got the shin. Oh, when he turns around, it's a Dalid. And look at his arm, the Yud, Shakai. Now, that Yud is important. That's a local Moshimi sin. You have to have a Yud. But where should it be? Should it be on the other side? Which side of the tefillin should it be on? So the yud should be towards the heart, and the tefillin is sort of like on the on that kesher, on that knot, on the outside. So in other words, so what's on your arm is the box, of course, but the yud is close to your heart. Now it says that's the minag hanocha. Does that mean it's, it's just a minag? It's nice that it should be that way. Should you talk to someone and say, hey, you know what? You're, I think you should fix your tefillin. Maybe not. If you don't know the person, leave him alone. Maybe he's got a different minag. If we look in the Beragola, which was the student, the, the, the teacher of the Vilna Gon, Rav Moshe Ravkash, he says, it's in the Gemara Menachos, according to the Namuka Yosef. Okay. And the Mari Beirav, who is the Beis Yosef's Rebbe, also says that's the way it should be done. The Beis Yosef brings his Mari Beirav, and that's the reason why the Machaber writes, this is the right minhag. The Vilna Gon, on this page, writes, on this piece, he wrote in his Shulchan Aruch, he wrote, he writes, he quotes the Gemara in Menachos, like the Nemuka Yosef. Now, by the way, this was the Vilna Gon's Rebbe, was Ravshkash. But then he says that if you take a look at the Nemuka Yosef's interpretation, that it's going on the knot of the Shoyad, that it should be on the inside of the Tefillin, but that's also the interpretation of Rav Haigon. It isn't just the Nemuka Yosef, one of the Rishonim, but it's the way Rav Haigon learns Pshat in the Gemara. And the Rush quotes another Gon, B'Shem Rav Amram. And in fact, 
they explain that even the next part of the Gemara, where it talks about that it needs to be where the uh, where the tefillin need to be, that it has to be lemala, where it talks about the um, that piece of Gemara too, he says is also going on the tefillin shoyad, which means that the kesher needs to be connected to the box. It should be towards the heart, but it also should not be disconnected from the box itself. That's also in the Gemara based on the Gaonim. As the Rosh quotes Rav Amram, and the Balaiter, who was from Provence, quotes Rav Hai. And the Balamor, even though the Beis Yosef quotes the Balamor, who says that when it says that it means Lamala, it means Lamala doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it needs to be connected to the box. It means the opposite, towards the outside. <laughs> so the the Beis Yosef saw this as an issue of debate. That well, even though the Balamor says it could be towards the outside, the not the better way is to do it towards the inside, as we find Maury shown him say it one way. The Vilna Gon says, Beis Yosef, what are you saying? It's a minag. The Gaonim are telling you that's the Pshad in the Gemara. And therefore, it isn't just a minag. It needs to be that way. And if you see someone who has his tefillin, that they're not touching the, the box, or they are the knot is on the opposite side, tell him he's doing it wrong. In fact, you can see the Vilnagon means this because when it comes to minag hanochon, latakein, it's a good minag that, that the mavarta, which is of course that hollow area in the box that the ritsua passes through, should be towards the shoulder and not reversed towards the elbow. Okay. So here the Vilna Gon writes, Okay, this is right. It's only a minag. Because like the Truma Sadeshan wrote, it, if a person has his, has his tefillin shaped differently, it's not so bad. But that's not a minag. That's Dina de Gemaruhu. And look what I'm saying here. Meaning, Beis Yosef, you didn't write it correctly. This isn't a minag. The Gaonim are supreme. The Gaonim tell us what the Gemara means here. And therefore, it isn't just a question of minag. And that is the, the subtle but very important criticism that another person that we call a Gaon is saying, the Vilna Gaon is saying, that, that you, when you deal with what the Gaonim write about Tefillin, I don't care about a Balamor. Don't tell me any Balamor. Okay, he's a Rishon, Rabzach Levi, very brilliant. But the Gaonim are essential when it comes to Tefillin. And therefore, he criticizes Cairo for his writing. He says, you know what? Here you can say Minag. But in the other one, don't say Minag. It's Dina de Gemarahu. And if you think the Bira grows being a little bit, you know, okay, he's a little bit idiosyncratic. Um, you can see that 
Look at that bira grow that we just saw. So this got me thinking that he agrees with the Vilna Gaon that Gaonic descriptions of Tefillin need to be taken extremely seriously because they were closer to Sinai and they knew. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if the Gaon, if the Gaonim described that's what the Gemara means, they knew. And you therefore where otherwise someone like the Vilna Gaon was a maverick, was his own person. Here, as you can see, he's like saying, look at this, Rav Amram, Rav Hai, quoting the Gaonim to make his point. And I found that this is really not a Yotze Dofen. This is something that we have throughout Hilchus Tvilin. What is that the <clears throat> is similar in this, in, 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 in this manner? So, um, I, I'd like to share with you the uh, the Rambam, and to do that, we need to really go to one of the most essential, um, the most essential issues, which is how the parshiyos of Tefillin are placed. Five different ways the Shorosh can be um, worked, the Shorosh can be done. The way to fulfill Tefillin Shorosh. Let's start with Rashi. Okay? As you can see, th- these are a Rashi pair of Tefillin. Now, this is somebody looking at a man. Imagine you're looking at someone wearing Tefillin. Okay, so you're looking at someone wearing tefillin. So, what you're looking at is Kadesh. In other words, if you're from the right, you're reading it the way the Torah is written. Kadesh, which is Shemos Yud Gimel, till Pasuk Yud. From Pasuk Yud Aleph is Vahoya Kibiyacha. Shema in Parshas V'yaschanam. Vahim Shmo in Parshas Ekev. This is Rashi, what we call Rashi Tefillin. Rashi is Shalyad. Um, you can see here, of course, Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. And I hope you can see it. I can make it a little larger for you so you can see it a little bit better. So as you can see, the Kadesh is the same. Vahoyekiviyacha is the same. But as you can see here, the Vahoyim Shemoa comes afterwards and then Shema. That is what's called Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. And it's only called Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin because most people learn Talmud Bavli, and this is the way they know, and they learned Talmud Bavli with the printing and the Bromberg Shas that had Rashi and Tosfus on the page. And therefore, this opinion became known as Rabbeinu Tam Tefillin. But as we're going to see, it has a provenance much older than that. Rashi, Rabbeinu Tam. There is actually a third opinion, which is the Raivad. And you can see the Raivad is Rabbeinu Tam in opposite. Meaning, Shema and Kadesh, as you can see, the opposite. 
and Vachoyim Shemove Kiviyacha are opposites. So the Vachoyas are next to each other, as you can see. But Shema and Kaddish. This is the opinion of the great Raivad in his critique of the Rambam. The Rambam is a Rashi person. The Rambam's description of Tefillin matches what we know from Rashi in the Gemara Menachos. He doesn't quote Rashi, of course, but you'll see who he does quote in a minute in one of his chuvas. Here is the Raivad, who is basically a, 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 uh, a opposite, a mirror image of and the Raivad in what we, in what we call Provence, or the southern France, or Languedoc, that was where the Raivad was the Godel. And their opinion, therefore, is interesting how, how it mirrors each other. Now, n- none of this is yet Gaonic. However, I need to tell you that uh, I have begun um, learning in the Bava Verkayul here in Union. And at the end of our afternoon Seder, there is Mincha. And I see that most of the Kolo f- fellows put Tfilman on. Now, I don't know if you remember your yeshiva days, but I remember in yeshiva there were guys who would be wearing Tfilman at Mincha. But these were guys who missed Shachris, right? And somehow didn't have their Tfilman, but they felt a little guilty. And they would show up wearing tefillin at Mincha. Now, that is not what was going on by these Hasidic Shakolo fellows that I'm learning with. And they're wearing tefillin at Mincha. Now, I inquired about this. What is going on? Why? Now, I knew they wear two pairs of tefillin in the morning. As we're going to see, they follow the Shulchan Aruch to wear two pairs of tefillin in the daytime. Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. But at Mincha, they put on Tfilin that are called Tfilin Shimusha Rova. What is that? Shimusha Rova is a book that we know comes from the Gaonic period. We only have pieces of it. And the, the, the Arizal and others, mystics, say that somehow this Tfilin is the great, is the highest pair of Tfilin. This tefillin is a type of pair which is even greater. Now, again, we'll talk about how it can be greater and what that means. But I think this is really part of our discussion. The Gaon, there is a Gaonic opinion that is basically, as you can see, an opposite of Rashi. Take a look and you'll see what I mean. The person is standing there and reading from left to right. Right? Kadesh vayim kibiyacha, shema vayim shemoah. The one wearing the tefillin, remember Shakai man who's wearing the tefillin? So he actually, although he doesn't see it, and he knows as he's wearing it that he can go from right to left as he is standing there. Right to left, he would say, Kadesh is here on my right. And as I move my hand to my left, we go through the parshias of the Torah themselves. So the tefillin of Shimusha Rova, and we don't know who it is. We don't know who the author is, has become ensconced and hallowed by mystics and by the mystic students who are the Hasidim of today, that it is considered a sign of elevation that they could wear 
the tefillin that they call Shimusha Rabba. I have to tell you, there's something else that it says there about the Gaonim who, in that book, Shimusha Rabba, which is basically a handbook. It's a handbook of tefillin laws. But it has become among the mystics from the Arizal and the Ramamipano, who never necessarily saw the Ari, but was familiar with the Kabbalah of the Ari student, Rabbi Yisrael Saruk. Through that tradition, this, this tefillin, which was the, the partios, the way they were mentioned in the book Shimusharab, which never got into the Shulchan Aruch, has become for many the ultimate pair of time are wearing Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam at the same time. That is, uh, that, is the, that, is the, that is the way the Beit Yosef assumes is the best way because the tefillin are small enough that basically what you do is you don't know which is the mitzvah. You're not sure who's right. So therefore you wear them both. And you have in mind whichever one is the right pair should be the Kiyama mitzvah. What's interesting, though, is is that there's become a tradition that, as I said, is from the uh, uh, from Luria himself, from Rabbi Yitzhak Luria Ashkenazi Eloki, and from a whole group of 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 of, of mystics and Hasidim that have elevated now the tefillin of Shimusharaba, Shimusharova. There's another chumra, by the way, the tefillin. The Shulchan Aruch says that tefillin doesn't have, based on the reading, the simple reading of the Gemara, tefillin do not have a minimum width size. There's no minimum width. They can be much. They can be very small. In the book Shimusharova, it says that tefillin have to be at least two fingers by two fingers. That's ba'ayim el ba'ayim. And therefore, although in many ways, small tefillin are considered better, according to the, the Nigla, according to, according to the Mishnah Bura, the tefillin of the Gaonim were specifically bigger. They, don't, they weren't giant, but there was a size minimum that has been accepted totally because of, 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 of Gaonic of the Gaonic approach. So what I'm trying to bring you here from this from this chart, from this, from these images, that we the the Gaonic tefillin, which is this one, and you're gonna see there's more to it than than Shimusharova in a minute, plays a tremendous role. Even a, an opinion that we don't find in Rashi and Tosos. We only find it in a Gaonic work that we only have a vestige of has now somehow become a symbol of elevation. He quotes the two opinions. Rashi and the Rambam, the way I showed you the picture, remember? Okay. Now, Rabbeinu Tam, the Bayish Lishi should be Bahoyim Shamoa, the Bayish Ravi which is the outside is Shema. He, Cairo says that most people do Rashi. But he says, The simple pshat is what? 
wear both. And when you put them on, you should say like this, the ones that are the halacha, I don't know which one is the halacha. I don't know. I don't know which is the halacha. Whichever is the halacha, and the others that are on my body, those are just straps and pieces of leather. Why? Look at this, Bob. Because you should have enough room if your if your tzitzos are small enough, if the boxes, the tefillin boxes are small enough, there is room on the average four on top of the forehead where the hairline is to put both. And you could put both on your arm. Okay. So if you aren't able to do this trick, which is the best way to do it, <coughs> then put on Rashi during Kriya Shema and Shemona Esrei. And after Shemona Esrei, put on Rabbeinu Tam without a bracha. But it would be better to put both on and make a bracha with this sort of kavana. Now, I'm not reading to you a mystical text here. I'm reading to you. Let's look at the Gemara for a minute. This is a, this is a quote from the Gemara Menachos and Sidron. What is the Seder of the Parshios of the Shorosh? Okay. Kadishli, Voyakiviyacha, Miyamin. Those are on the right. Shema and Choyim Shemoa is from the left. Hmm. But there's another b'raisa that says the opposite. That kivi, Kadesh and Hoya Kiviyacha is from the left. And Shema, Hoyim Shemoa are on the right. You know what? These b'raisas are saying the same thing. When you have, a, when you have b'raisas that are opposites, maybe it's just perspective that's the issue. Leikasha. Kan miyamino shokore. It depends what. You could say the right of the person looking at Shakai man. Okay. From his right, yes, Kadesh is on his right. If he would stick his right hand and lift it towards the man wearing tefillin, it'd be on his right. Khan miyamino shalmaniach. Aha. But the Kore, the one who's reading, now this is a very key word here. A Kore, Kore Kisidron. The reader reads them, the Seder. Hmm, the Seder sounds like the way they're chronologically written in the Torah. Now, Rashi's interpretation sounds perfect. However, his grandson asks the following question. He says, Rabbeinu Tam says, the Bryce is, is the, which is, this is Rashi again. Right? You're looking at the man wearing tefillin. So Rashi says, wait, Rabbeinu Tam asks the following. The Bryce shouldn't say, Kadesh Voyer Shemo to the right and Shema to the left. All it should say is a very clearer way to say it is Shema to the right and everything else to the left. What do you have to say, Kadesh Voyakiviacha to the right? Just say Kadesh should be on your extreme right and then follow it, everything else, like, like lighting Hanukkah Licht, everything else goes to the left. That would be the clearer way to say it. Why does the Bryce have to say, oh, these two to the right, these two to the left? 
the, the more Tom says that this better way to teach the idea, the clearer way to teach the idea, if Rashi's right, would be to say, okay, put Kaddish to your right and the rest to your left. Okay, you don't like to say it that way, so say, so say it another way. Say Kaddish to the right and the left one, the one that should be at the end, that should be Bahayim Shemoa. That's the way to say it. Don't say these two to the right and these two to the left. So therefore, Rabbeinu Tam says, you know what it means to the right and to the left? Meaning that, that Rabbeinu Tam says, Kiviyacha is to the Yemin of the Kore, right? Meaning the guy reading it, when he reads Kadesh Voya Kiviyacha, that will be basically towards his right. And this and what's going to be to his left? What's going to be to his left, meaning starting from his left hand, moving inward, would be Shema, Vayim Shemoa. That's what it means. In other words, the person reading it, yeah, Rashi is right. Kadesh is the man reading it, looking at it like you are looking at it now. Oh, my right hand is Kadesh My left hand is what? My left hand is Shema, Vayim Shemoa. That's why it's right and left, because the Havayas are in the middle. Now the Gemara is beautiful. Kadesh v'kiviyacha to the right. Vayim Shemoa and Shema to the left. Now, if you'd be the one wearing them, it would be Kadesh v'kiviyacha to your left. If you'd pick up your left hand, it would be, oh, Kadesh v'kiviyacha. If you'd pick up your right hand, it would be Shema Vayim Shemoa. So Tom does not argue with Rashi my friends, based on some Kabbalistic reason. He says the Pshat and the Gemara is actually more indicative of right and left, the way two and two is clearer his way. Now, the uh, the Rambam, as we said, follows Rashi. Now, the Rambam got a letter not now. I'm going to show you the Ravid in a minute, but the Rambam got a letter from people he came to admire. He didn't know much about them when he was writing his books. When he was writing his Parsha Mishnayos, he wasn't aware that Provence was an area that was so stuffed with Talmida Chachamim and Rabbonim and Yeshivos. Eventually, of course, he got to know who they were, and his book came to the attention of the great provincial rabbi, the Raivad, who wrote glosses on his book where he felt necessary. However, the Rambam, at the, towards the end of his life, began correspondence with these provincial rabbonim. And he actually writes in one of his letters that had he known of their advanced way of thinking, he would have reconsidered his writing of the Moranabuchim, which they were dying for. They they were they were lick the fingers of them, right? They were licking their feet. Oh, give us more Moranabuchim. And the Rambam suggested um, you know, a, a translator for them, um, you know, who was um Rav Shmuel Ibn Tibun, who was the translator. The Rambam says he himself is already too old to take on the task of translating from the Arabic to the beautiful Hebrew we knew the Rambam was capable of writing. 
But he said, I didn't know about the Chachmei Lunil. I didn't know about the Provence and Marseille. I figured the only people who are interested in my work are Jews who are sophisticated, who think and write in Arabic. And that's why he wrote Marnavuchim in Arabic and left it that way. But as after he finished the work, towards the end of his life, he became familiar with Provence. And they bombarded him with questions. And one of them was about this halacha, where he sided with the great French Tosef, the French rabbi Rashi. So let's see what he wrote to them. He says, they wrote the following. Why did you write about how to put the Parshish this way? And you said, you wrote Rambam, you said that if you change the Seder, it's possible. Now it's true, Gaonim in the Provence could sometimes mean an early Rishon, but he mentions Rav Hai, Rav Hai Gon. Rav Hai, of course, was considered the last Gaon in a way. Um, his, he was the son of Shrira, and there are probably more chuvas from Rav Hai. Now, his date of death has been recounted as 1038. He's pretty much, a, he's the last of the Gaonim. Rashi is a young man, right? Because Rashi, of course, is, is I believe, uh, uh, 1096 is Rashi's death. So the difference between Hai and Rashi is about 60 years. And, and, and he is sort of like the last remnant of the Gaonim. So Rav Hai says, Be'inen Havayos Be'emtza. Remember? Havayos Be'emtza? That's sort of the way to remember it. Vahoya, Vahoya. Right? So it's like the two Hayos, and it shall be, it shall be. Those are in the middle. Hai said, Havayos Be'emtza. And therefore, how could you say it's possible? In other words, the, the provincial rabbi said, don't give me the Tsarfati. Don't give me Rashi. That's what they called them. They called them the Tsarfati because <laughs> they were in Provence. You know? So they said that French, okay. You, okay. And, and the Ramam probably did not see Rashi's interpretation. So in terms of the Cedar Aparshios, I also thought that way. And look what he writes here. But when I was living in Spain, when I was in Muslim Spain, in Cordova, I, I had tefillin like, like what we call Rabbeinu Tam tefillin. Kochem v'tefillin shoy be'eretz marav kachoya. U'kezeh kosav oso shechibor kibor tefillin. There was a writer that we're not sure who he is. Ushmo Rav Moshe Mekortova from Cordova, right? Right? There was Rav Moshe of Kortaba, right? Sounds a little like uh, Ricardo Montalban, right? Ushmo Rav Moshe mi Kortaba, right? He used to have the Cordoba, if you remember. Va'osa Achibor, hu I read his book when I was a kid, and he wrote like that way. Vihito kol anshe amarav milfanai. And his work was considered so definitive. Tfilin, Tfilin. He knows what Tfilin is. Moshe of Cordova knows. He has traditions from the Gaonim. And therefore, all the people of the West, 
who are the people of the West? All those people in Spain and, 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 and in North Africa, which is the West of where he is now, writing from Mitzrayim, from Egypt, all those Western people, they all were, they all were mistaken from him. Vigam harav rabenu Yitzchak alfasi the great riff bal halochos kabel he also went after this Moshe Kortova betshuva achas sheyeshul b'maisatvilin there is one shuva we we'll have to d- d- discover it where the riff speaks about it and you can see his tefillin were different vegam echad chacham echad shmo rabbi yaakov kali chacham zal chacham also so first of all i want to tell you you're not alone you got you quote rav hai i want to tell you i had feeling like that and so did the riff and so did others where i come from vaharbe gonim but the truth is the gaonim that you quote really disagreed with this all the people of the East that I'm now familiar with, the Rambam says, the people in Eretz Yisrael that the Rambam did visit and had letters from and was now much more familiar with as his status, as the Negid of Fostat, he now knew what was going on in Eretz Yisrael, HaKadmonim and Chachamim, who I trust, have told me that they lived in Baghdad. I don't remember him writing this way about Ravai in other, other, in other situations. The Rambam is saying, you quoted the great high, the great Rav Hai Gon, that last Gon. I know the Chachamim who after Rav Hai died or maybe opened up the tefillin that he left. And they were what? Just like I wrote in my work. And the truth is, Rav Moshe Hadarai Kachem Osa, there was Rav Moshe Hadari, Hadarai, also assumed that the Gaonim were like you said, and you know what happened? He came from Spain, from North Africa, made the trek to Israel. And his tefillin were like provincial tefillin, what you called high gones tefillin. And when they showed him, no, 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 There's, we have greater gaonim, other earlier ones, he threw his tefillin away. And I was wrong. I, I, I'm going to do it this way, the way we call tefillin of Rashi. And he says, the Raya Brura is, remember the Gemara says, well, the Gemara says, when the Kore reads them, he reads them in order. Now, you could say when he reads them, he reads them in order means he reads them, hmm, well, he reads them, and then when he reads the other way, he reads from the, first he reads from the right, and then he reads from the left. <laughs> That's the way you could say it, <laughs> that the Kori reads it one time to the right, and then he reads the others to the left. You could put Rabbeinu Tam into the words Kore Kisidron. 
But the Rambam has a different girsa in the Gemara in Menachos. Not Kisidron, Seder HaTorah, in the chronological way they're written in the Torah, which, and in fact, the words in the Rambam's girsa in the Gemara were not just Kisidron, but saying exactly what they are. That particular text that I know, that I have discovered in my Talmud, you in Provence and we in Spain, we didn't have it. We didn't have the Talmud the way it was preserved in Israel and in, 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 in the Babylonia, in, in the lands, in Iraq and other places. It was missing those words. But now that I've done my research, I found that when I did my due diligence, that most of the handwritten texts of the Talmud do say it in this order. The I know that that the B'nai Eretz Yisrael, who represent greatness, they are the great Rabbanim, they all, they all write it in this way, and that's the only tefillin that they have. Now, even if you, your tefillin shoyad, are not going to be like Rabbeinu Tam, your tefillin shoyad will be written on a cloth we're going from right to left the way it's written in the Torah. Now, if you do Rabbeinu Tam's way, your Tfilin Shal Yad are different than your Tfilin Shal Rosh. Well, what's wrong with that? He says there is. What's wrong with that is, the Rambam says, is because there is an opinion in the Gemara of the Tana Rabbiosi. Rabbiosi says that if a person is missing a Tfilin Shal Rosh, he could take his tefillin shoyad, despite the fact that it's not divided into parshios, and put that on his head. Now, according to what we call Rabbeinu Tam tefillin, how can you be Yotze? The Rosh needs to be in the order like this. The Rosh has to be this order. How could you then take the tefillin shoyad, which are written the first part of the page is Kadesh, you wouldn't be Yotze. So that, he says, is his proofs. But before his, before his scripture, before his textual proof, before his logical proof, Maimonides, the Rambam, uses story proof that they opened up high's tefillin. Zechot Tzadik Livrocha. Once again, I think you see from these men, you wouldn't expect them to sort of say, well, it's in the Gaonim, the Gaonim. I'm showing you here a pattern, I believe, a very strong one. That Ga- what, 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 what the Gaonim knew about Tfilin goes. And that's why the Vilna Gaon, as we started tonight, and the Rambam, they really believe, look, if this is the way the Gaonim did it, the Gaonim knew. They knew how to put Parshios in. And even if you're going to tell me that you heard in the name of Gaonim differently, you might have got your Gaonim mixed up. And as we say, there was there might have been a, dis, a, a disagreement. But I'm going to go with 
the Bnei Eretz Yisroel, who, in a way, sort of received the best standard edition with his copious notes. But he, as you can see here, what did the when the Rambam says, if you do it differently, you're two in our puzzle. Omer Avram, Rabbeinu Hai, Eino Omer Kane. Again, the Raivat assumed it was Rabbeinu Hai Gon. Ela Havayos Be'emtza. Kadesh. Miyimina Maniach. Voyakiviyacha Samachla. Shema is Mismolo. Voyim Shemoa Samachla. Be'emtza. So this is Rabbeinu Tam in reverse, as we said. Meaning, the one who's... So he had the gears of Kisidron, and he says when the person would read them, he'd read them, when he's reading from right to left. This Rambam, he, he's misinterpreting the, the Gemara and the Brisa. Simple pshad in the Gemara, which is what we call sort of Rabbeinu Tam, but the opposite. So once again, we can see that what did the Raivad lead with? The Raivad did not lead with, you misunderstood pshad in the Gemara. My point here is subtle, but very important. Nobody is like the Raiva to, to put his knife into the Rambam. What does he mean? The Gemara doesn't say that. Read the Gemara properly, you, you Egyptian, you, you Mitzri, you. He doesn't start that way, does he? He starts with Rabbeinu Hai Eino Omerke. Rabbeinu Hai does not read it, does not say it that way. My point, my friends, is that in this area, maybe it's because of the the fact that we knew that tefillin seemed to be so mystical. They seem to be something that that we don't comprehend how they work. We don't understand their holiness. It seems that even these incredibly super rationalist fighting people, who again the the people I've named tonight, the Rambam. The Vilna Gon, the Raivad, are as tenacious of writers as you're ever going to find. And yet, their main emphasis is, what did the Gaonim say? What did the Gaonim do? And although, normally we would say, oh, I, there's some opinion out there, but nobody does it that way. Shimusha Rava becomes the secret way of putting on tefillin of the Arizal. It becomes the highest way of putting on tefillin. Again, all I'm doing is noticing here. Perhaps there isn't any great thesis, but I think it, it's, it's important to know that when we talk about what the Gonim can allow us to recover, this was indeed, if not the gem, but at least the, the tachshit, as tefillin is sometimes called, the Tachshit of Tefillin, we look to the Gaonim to give us the answers about if we had any doubts about what they should be. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app 
so you don't miss a single episode.